right. It's recording, Mark. Nice job. Appreciate you being able to push the buttons every morning and just getting us off to a good start. You're welcome. You might need to scoot a little closer to that. Yeah. Am I feeling? What, what am I sounding like? Quieter than. Oh, wow. That's better. I'm working on my mellow sound. Although, that might put people to sleep. So, yeah. Is that better? It depends on if they have their quiet time kombucha, kombucha. in hand. Exactly. I did, I did uh, get a uh, text asking me, you know, if I had any in stock. Any quiet, quiet time, time kombucha? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Who asked you that? My mother-in-law, Linda. So, like you say, that was, uh, that was just a little sense of humor yeah. between the two of us. That's so, awesome. Yeah. She gives us all the best comments. There you go. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, you guys, you know, got to step up on your commentary because <laughs> Linda's got you all beat right now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, no, so, Liz, Lizzie is definitely in that running as well. Yes. And so, family members. Hers are more thoughtful and or corrective. <laughs> like you say, there is no doubt. She yeah. is, uh, she's an editor for our program in That's many right. ways. That's yeah. Right. And it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And spoiler. And the beauty of it is I, when they come in, I can just kind of forward them to you because it's like that's, <laughs> that's way right. above my pay grade as far as the, how I see a podcast yeah. is concerned. That's true. Yeah. Like, uh, I had the outro accidentally at the beginning and the yep. intro at the end. Yep. Um, yeah. Megan and Lizzie both let me know that. There you go. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have that uh, checks and balances. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Humbles us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to slip some mistakes in there. So. Yeah. Oh, I give you that. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't got more typo corrections and stuff like that. Well. Although I use a thing called Grammarly, which generally go. catches it. But Yeah, that's exactly kind of along the lines I was thinking. Day, days of spell check. The biggest thing I get yeah. is, you know, the wrong word, mm. you know, yeah. in a spell check type yeah. thing. But and Grammarly will catch that. Yeah. It's kind of like spell slash grammar checker. Yeah. You know, give you suggestions for better ways to put but and, and for me it's normally speak to text when that happens yeah 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 where it confuses yeah i hear you lizzie and Lindsay is a, is one that's like frustrates me every time it's like sometimes i let it loose and it's like i man hate it when that happens <laughs> you're now Lindsay. i'm sorry no she's never never <laughs> Lindsay. it's like yeah when uh, I see it. Spoiler alert, Lindsay is going to be on the podcast Ooh, soon. Lizzie. No, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is exciting. She's, yeah. She's uh, doing a lot of learning about health and science, but kind of mm. particularly engaged in brain. Neurobiology. Yeah, neurobiology. Yes. So we thought, hey, we want to talk about some brain stuff. Yeah. And it would be cool to have her on. Yeah. So again, a little bit of spoiler. If you want to hear about hear from this Lizzie you've been hearing about. Yeah. Uh, she'll be on in a few weeks. Yeah. Welcome to How I See It with me, Mark Pratt, and Justin Sternberg. This is a podcast that works to counter cultural polarization through thoughtful conversations. Um... And today, I'm excited about today. Are you? You yes. just found out about today. Well, and you're still excited. I I'm like a, it. I've been excited about this opportunity you have. Oh. And so I'm, okay. I'm excited about the idea of kind of broadening the mm. audience uh, for this opportunity. So, sure. Do you mind if I share a little bit about oh, what you're no, doing? No, you okay. go right ahead. So, uh, tonight? Sunday night. Sunday night. Yes, it will be May 7th. Okay, Sunday night, excuse me. Uh, Mark will be presenting a little bit on on some stuff at a church where they're mm-hmm. going to have, you know, I guess... Is it's, it gonna a, be, it's a parent night. Is it going to be a panel? Um, is that what you said? Not as much as I had... Okay. It's going to be a small group <laughs> Why don't breakout. you tell us about it, Mark? Uh, yeah. <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, it's gonna what be I understand... It's going to be a Wednesday night and it's going to be a panel. What nope. I understand is <laughs> it's going to be a parent night. Cool. Uh, there's going to be a meal and then there's going to be a, during that meal, there's going to be a video presentation. Yeah. Basically about how technology, you know, affects, you know, children and developmentally how that, you know, just how our social media culture is affecting the next generation mm-hmm. and in many ways setting them up for addiction. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like you say, that's that's what the the video will be about. And then they'll break it out into, you know, uh, small group discussion from there, you know, based on, you know, babies, you know, mm. um, elementary age, you know, junior high, senior high type families, you know, as far as where they're at. And then I'll be uh, following that up, you know, small group discussions, kind of following that up with, you know, where I see it going or, you know, just to be able to be a voice, to be able to mm. speak to what I see as a counselor, you know, working mm-hmm. with, you know, marriages, mm-hmm. families, kids, you know, and, and what I've seen and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then kind of um, basically wrapping up with kind of a Q and a time as far as, you know, what parents can do and that kind of thing. So that's, that's how yeah. they even probably five to seven mm. would be that time frame. And, yeah. uh, yeah, just kind of looking forward to it. Been, uh, really doing, uh, it's, it's been good. Um, cause I, I recognize, you know, in the, in the day to day, you can kind of do the thing. And I, I respect the fact that, you know, if you just do the same thing over and over again, you know, you don't always go out and look for the new research or look for the, the new thing. You know, I mean, I, I probably spend as much time, you know, with my quiet time stuff and, you know, new ideas come through that, you know, devotionals and so forth, but I'm not necessarily always going out there and looking at the latest research and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been a good, it's been a good little opportunity for me to just kind of invest again and look at some of this stuff. And it's, you know, it's been convicting as far as, you know, it definitely, definitely brings back the timeless aspects of, you know, when I'm, when I'm looking at a cultural dynamic, I, you know, routinely think of Esther, you know, and stuff like that, you know, people in scripture, you know, for such a time as this, Hmm. that I, you know, I fully believe that, you know, we are born when we're born for a purpose, Hmm. you know, and, you know, we are given the children we are given because we are uniquely designed to raise those children. Mm -hmm. You know, none of this is by accident. None of this is a mistake and none of this is just a biological experience that, you know, we're just here to gratify ourselves and, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and die Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So it's just, I really have uh, been thinking about it from that time, you know, from that aspect of, okay, what do we, what are we called to, what are we to be, well, you know, how do we address some of these dynamics that, you know, are, are some of these social dynamics as families, as, as parents, as children, that kind of thing. So that's kind of where my mind has been, you know, in yeah. the process of, you know, how our brain works, developmental stuff for kids and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah like you say, it's good to have an excuse sometimes to have to do some research and yeah. spend some time looking at science and all that. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I wanted to have the opportunity to, I guess, hear some of what you've been thinking about and mm. preparing, even if it's stuff that ends up on the cutting floor, you know, like <laughs> kind of the, sure. the B-roll stuff yes. uh, or, uh, you know, or even the stuff you want to share there. And if, uh, you know, as a listener, you're looking for an invite, it will be over by the time, <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> by the time this is released. So don't ask. Yeah. You, can't, you can't go, but you know what you do get? You get to listen to this podcast. There you so. go. Uh, yeah. So yeah. How are you, uh, how are you getting into it? Like how, cause I know the video is going to set up a lot of the conversation for you, I think. Right. Yeah. And I, um, it's going to set it up. Um, but I think for me, it's a, my desire, what I'm feeling, you know, kind of led to, to speak about is hope. Yeah. In the midst of this culture. You guys have heard this from Mark before. <laughs> He's all about that hope. <laughs> I just, and I guess that's what, that's what, you know, brings it back to me from a timeless, because this is, this is part of my dynamic is I believe, you know, there's the aspects of what is timely and what is timeless. Yeah. And for me, that's Those are the, I wouldn't necessarily put them on the, you know, continuum dynamic. Um, because I can be both. Yeah. I can see it. It's that aspect of being aware of both at the same time. Gotcha. You know, and, and so recognizing our culture 
is recognizing the effects and what is currently going on in our culture is a timely dynamic. Mm -hmm. And when I look at it's, it's, it's just strange that I'm even speaking about technology. So I, that, that to you <laughs> is a credit, Justin, because like you say, um, I wouldn't have found myself here years ago, or I wouldn't have thought I would, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But I think in our culture, okay, technology is here. So that's part of the timely dynamic. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as parents and I, I honestly, and again, granted, I'm, I'm probably speaking to grandparents. I know I'm speaking to some grandparents, you know, but at the same time, I realize that may not be, you know, much of our listenership grandparents actually who are raising their grandchildren. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a dynamic of our culture that is, that is newer. Yeah. I don't necessarily see yeah. that from a mm. historical, I mean, granted, not that it didn't happen, but I don't think it's, it's happened previously, you know, maybe in a, you know, in a war dynamic world war two, you know, where granted children lost their parents, you know, and therefore other family members came, but I don't think we've seen what we see today on mm. such a large scale. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think about it in the context of the energy that we have to be parents. And I think there's a lot of energy involved to be able to raise children. Yeah, for sure. And so that, you know, from a cultural time, timely dynamic, you know, I feel for, you know, parents and then I feel for grandparents who are raising mm -hmm. young children, I, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a, that's an aspect of the timely, but mm. there's so mm. much of the, you know, our social media dynamic that is, uh, that I just found out a new term is, is, is iGen, you know, mm. it's a, it's the group of kids who have been basically born, I believe it's since 1995. Mm. So basically a generation, well, from that point, we have a group of people who have been raised with smart technology. Yeah. So like the iPhone, you know, yeah. the, the I gen, generation, I generate generation, I, so, or I gen, you know, there's books yeah, and so yeah, forth, yeah. but you get the idea. And you know, this is, this is, this is new information. Yes. Much like the millennial or uh, what's right before millennial, you probably what's what's x is that right yeah something I think, I, so i think generation x or and or millennial so i think millennials were raised on computers which is a new paradigm, sure right yeah and generation x the the number of people you know kids who had access to computers was much lower you had the steve sure. jobs type people or whatever yeah. and you know that that they're outliers because they had rare access to computers whereas my generation is like we were kind of that same shift right yeah. like we were raised on computers and had to learn that world and yeah. now yeah like you said iGen I guess you know raised on smart smartphones exactly yeah it's cool and you it know makes it, sense. it does and it's so you know and I think that's where in this you know in the timely part of it you know uh, I guess to put it politely you know there has been a misleading of what this technology is and what it can do, you know, to the developing mind. Yeah. And, you, you know, you bring up Steve Jobs and, you know, there's, there's, you know, other people, you know, in the tech industry. And the reality of it is, truth be told, uh, Steve Jobs never allowed his kids on a screen. Yeah. You know, so when you think about these people that are mm -hmm. engineering this stuff or, you know, these these and there's, you know, there's education systems in Silicon Valley where, you know, the execs send their kids to school yeah. that have no screen. Yeah. You follow me? Yes. And they recognize the power that right. the screen had to create this, you know, dopamine biofeedback loop yep. that creates this addiction. Yep. You know, for the screen. Yep. And they have firsthand, you know, view to the, the algorithms that are created and the science behind it. And sure. Yeah. Yeah. That there's basically, you know, there's, engineers. Know <laughs> yes. There's engineers in rooms yes. designing this yeah. stuff to make it as addictive yeah. as possible to keep you 
uh, to be able to give them as much information as they can get about you to make it as Hmm. specific to you to keep you in that loop Mm -hmm. as long as they can. You know what's a little bit sad about that? Uh, A a lot. lot Yeah, yeah. Okay, a lot of it. No, I'm just thinking about, okay, so how big is Facebook, Google, Twitter? You know, how big when it comes to money? And you you wonder, like, where does that money go? $50 million alone goes to um, lobbying. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just one statistic. I mean, that tells you how... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, from my perspective, that is an aspect of, okay, why aren't with this information, why isn't more being done as far Mm -hmm. as saying, well, hang on, if it's not good for their children, why is it so prevalent and why are we not curbing this, Mm -hmm. you know, and granted there's, you know, even, even, uh, and granted the version of TikTok is different. But, you know, China is actually creating limitations around their children, their children's exposure to TikTok. And yet, you know, we're talking hours, you know, that young children are spending, you know, YouTube, TikTok, that kind of thing, you Mm -hmm. know, Facebook, you know, and and, and I'll go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was was trying to get at is the amount of money that is spent on science by these organizations. Oh, sure. We don't have any idea. What's sad to me is there's so much social science that is, you know, behind these locked walls in order to build these corporations that they know a lot about social science that's not published, right? Sure. Where a lot of these engineers and scientists, you know, if outside of those locked walls would be producing pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. They are, but it's all behind like locked walls. And obviously we're learning and scientists are studying from the outside of these walls, these impacts and all this stuff. But a lot of the stuff that I would say we're finding out and is being published is stuff they already knew. That's why they built it that way. They, the, the algorithms and all that, like came from that study and then they validated those studies and then they continued to hone those those technologies in order to to do those things and we're out here monitoring it and going oh you see a pattern here and you're like yep it's because yeah. it's working we've been it's designed that way and exactly i just think it would be amazing to if we if that information that science was able to be published and available sure. you know yeah. what i mean but sadly, that won't, that well, won't be the case. In some ways, it is the case because what we know yeah. about that process has been leaked by executives who yeah. are leaving that industry, yeah. being able to say, no, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Yes. You know, and those are in different, you know, Facebook, you know, there's just different people, executives who are leaving, basically saying, no, I don't want to be part of this promotion Mm -hmm. anymore. I don't want to be part of this. I'll call it an agenda, if you will. Wash their hands. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's really kind of bringing some of this information to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not that this hasn't been, you know, going on for a while. But I just think about it. And so that's that's the timely dynamic, you know, and I'm and I'm thinking about it in the context of that aspect of timeless as well to be able to recognize that the timely is about, you know, information. So when you click on that site, you are basically um, you're a consumer. Well, you're part of the product, really you know, that is being utilized to get information Mm -hmm. to be able to market to you more effectively. And when, when you hear that term, you're the product, not the consumer. Mm -hmm. What they mean is they are selling you, right? Yes. That's what they, I I think sometimes we get lost in what that means, but it means they're selling you and you're, you know, like you're, you're a package to be given to something, to someone who, sure. you know, and that, and like figuring that out Marketing, is what matters. Right. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing yes. to be able to yep. market to you more specifically mm-hmm. based on the information we have on the, you know, the searches you do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So like you say, all that information is out there and yet yeah, I'm, I'm willing to recognize from my perspective, you know, I would dare say each generation to a certain degree has had its addictions. Okay. You know, we think of, you know, 
the twenties, you know, as far as alcohol, you know, the, um, what was that called? Prohibition. The, the prohibition yes. Yeah. You know, we think of prohibition, you know, we think of cigarettes and their production, you know, granted longer term, you know, and I think of, you know, and, and granted, I think of it in terminology of even work, you know, and food addiction, you know, and even, even sex, you know, of the, you know, the sexual revolution type stuff and, you know, the addictions to pornography. I think, you know, there is this timeless dynamic of addiction and what I do mm. to get this dopamine hit right. to a certain degree, right. this, this satisfaction. Right. And so for me, that becomes a part of the mm. timeless. Mm-hmm. And then being able to take, and that's the, that's the, um, that's another interesting part about this, uh, this dynamic in time is we are now developing a lot of, um, uh, therapy, if you will, mm. around the, what, what they call dopamine detox. Mm. You follow me? Yeah. And now, now we have these therapies that are being developed that are helping people recognize, okay, yeah, I'm addicted to this dopamine cycle yeah. and that can, and, and granted dopamine is a good thing yeah. in its, in its, in a con, in its in, design. In healthy. Yeah. The way God has designed us, but you know, timely, you know, executives have found a way to make that an addiction. Yeah. You know, and and I think they're not alone. It's just yeah. that's the addiction of this era. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways from my perspective as a parent we're looking back saying, "Oh, this isn't this isn't as this isn't just entertainment." You know, and unfortunately, I think, you know, so often in family systems that I see having my child occupied or entertained by this, yeah. by this social media dynamic or a screen allows me more time to address my things whether you want to call it addiction or not, it allows me more time yes. to work. Yes. It allows me more time to, you know, do things effectively. And I think it, and I quote that yeah. and effectively, you know, because I'm not interrupted, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I can, I can do whatever I want to do yeah. uninterrupted Yeah, because my child isn't, you know, interrupting me. They're, they're not being an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think, you know, that, that becomes a, a cultural aspect when we see, you know, kids as an inconvenience, mm-hmm. you know, and this is also a timeless thing. And that, sure. you know, I think every generation of parents has had something to send their kids to do. Right. Sure. And we, you know, a lot of, uh, older, you know, grandparents, age type thing would be like well we sent our kids outside to play and yep. that, that was a healthy thing but really it's that same paradigm of get out of my hair i need to be mm. effective like you said and sure that was the thing that they sent um, their kids out to do and um to the again back to the timeless aspect um we look at that nostalgically and think that was best better mm. than it is now um, I think we'll find out in another generation that, you know, there are trade-offs to both of those things. Sure. And kids who are playing on their phones for hours at a time, there's a lot of negative. That's what we're talking about, right? Yes. Like we're definitely talking about the negative. But I also think there's going to be some trade-offs where they're going to learn some things that will benefit them in their life as a sure. result of that. Just like the kids who are sent outside to go play and built forts and all that. Like yeah. they learned some things that were effective in their life. And again, we look at that nostalgically and think that was only healthy, but I, I've been involved in celebrate recovery a long time. Mm. The particular area of addiction I hear a lot about is uh, sexual addiction. Mm-hmm. And a very common story I hear from guys who are older than me is, yep. well, me and my friends, you know, in our fort, you know, one of them yep. brought, one of their uh, dad's porn to that fort, you know, whatever, you know, and so the kind of isolation sending them off where they're unsupervised. And you also hear about, um, you know, boys molesting other boys Mm -hmm. because of that time alone. Like I'm just saying, yeah, it's important to understand the timeless aspect to shooing your kids away to do something. Yep. Um, you know, it's always impacted kids in in a positive, (laughs) like sometimes positive ways and, Again, I think there's a lot of independence that was learned 
through kids going off and biking around town and all yeah. those things, right? Yep. Like, but I also think we nostalgically forget kind of the negative trade-offs to that too, where we left our kids exposed yep. in areas where, you know, where they shouldn't have been. And now we're, we're, we can be more hover parents. Like we want to see you mm-hmm. at all times as mm-hmm. long, but we stick you in the corner, you know, staring at a phone Yeah, and you're also unmonitored. Yep, You're also exposed to the same, not the same, similar types of, uh, exposure predation for one sure. you know yeah um and yeah exposure to addicting type things you yep. know but they can do it in plain sight but it you know the, and it looks like you know, it looks safer yes and i think you know our culture yep. has become you know kind of consumed with safety yes you know yep. because and we're we're almost becoming risk averse yeah you know to where there is something beneficial you know, to developing children, to be able to take a risk. I think that, you know, that's a, that's a part of where Mm. we are seeing such an increase in anxiety, you know, because Mm. there is this dynamic of, you know, safety and perfection and, you know, and that, that's a difficult thing for, you know, young kids to be able, well, you know, I can't do that, Mm. you know, and we're, we're creating that safety. And granted, I agree with what you're saying a hundred percent. That's kind of where, you know, addictions, you know, aren't new. Yeah. You know, yes, that's, that's yes. the timeless piece yep. that addiction isn't yep. new. Each generation has yep. its addiction to a certain degree. Yep. And like you, like you were alluding to, I'm part of that generation that grew up with too much free time. Yeah. But in a cult, I think our culture has gone mm. the other direction mm. there. We know of the predation more than we do. So it's safer for my kid to be in that room Oh, and, and yeah. occupied because yep. I know where they're at. Yep. The issue is I don't know who else is out there and who's influencing them yep. right through that screen. Yeah. Yep. And so that's, that's, that's the, mm. that's the, I appreciate you, know, you addressing that. I think you put it to words better than I did mm. in that process mm. of, you know, addiction is one of those timeless things. Yeah. And I think we can go from one extreme to the other. It's like, just go outside and play, mm. you know, and get out of my hair. Yes. But I think, you know, that's when we see kids as a inconvenience, you know, and granted, yes. that's not to say that we have to, this is the other part of it. I think we have to be able to recognize that, that sometimes that, kids are an inconvenience. <laughs> and, and at the same time, boredom is beneficial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we've grown up to a certain degree, you know, with, parents who are motivated you know by the it's a bad thing if my child is bored right and in reality that's not true Mm -hmm. you know boredom is a is a benefit to our bodies to our minds you know the ability that to have our minds kind of free float free float if you will you know and just think oh i wonder if i'm looking what Mm -hmm. would happen you know, those, like you said, those problem solving kind of dynamics that, that boredom alone can create. And I think, you know, we've, we've taken that to a sense where boredom is bad Mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to recognize, okay, yeah, boredom isn't bad. Boredom is, is healthy. And I think, you know, it's it's interesting because I was thinking about it, even with my own kids, it's like, I think they learned not to tell me they were bored because I just, you know, made sure I'll they had, that. <laughs> I'll fix that. There's this to do, there's this to do. And I think they learned in some ways how to entertain themselves. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, a dynamic that this, you know, people who are addicted to screens have not learned that right. dynamic of how to entertain myself. It's like a broken, you know, yeah. A it's broken a part of the system loop. Yeah. where they can't. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I even find that true for me, right? Okay. Uh, in the sense where if I'm in line, to me, that's just an opportunity to look at my phone. Like, I'm yes. never going to just sit in line. And I'm, I'm, to be perfectly honest, so thankful that that's a thing I can do, mm, right? It's like, sure. you never have to stand in any line or wait in any, any line and do nothing anymore. Yeah. And to me, that is just with the amount of stuff 
that I have to do in my life, uh -huh. it's like that's a great opportunity for multitasking and re checking up my email or, you know, even, you know, looking at something entertaining or whatever. Yeah. I love that. Sure. I love it. You would know? you say you're addicted to it, though? I would say it comes and goes. Okay. That's yep. fair enough. Yep. Because um, I realize I, I don't think we necessarily, we don't like to use the word addiction. Even in right. this, even in this video, yep. they talk about. Well, I don't want to use that word because it, you know, it's too polarizing. Yes, and I, I hear where they're coming from, but at the same time, if it is what it is, that's what we call it. Yeah. But I think it does say, "Oh no, I'm not that." Yes. I'm not that bad. I only just I just take my phone out every time I stand in a line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. if it's something, I, let's let's be honest. If it's something. Um, addiction basically has, it doesn't matter what the thing is. It's my inability not to do it right. that right. makes something an addiction. And, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm saying it can be work. It can be mm -hmm. food. It can be volunteering. That's where I say I could not, I could not do it if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> the classic line. Yes. Yes. yes the classic yes. line of denial. Yes. Yeah. But being able to recognize, okay, hmm. can I stand in a line? Hmm. Can I wait? Can I sit in my car at a, at a, you know, a traffic stop, you know, like a, a flag, you know, and, you know, or highway construction. Can I sit in my car and just observe? Mm -hmm. Or do I have to pull out my phone and entertain myself? Mm -hmm. Cause I do believe that's another part of our culture. We have to, we have to be entertained. Even as I was thinking about, um, mm -hmm. what I may share, that kind of thing, this could be part of the, 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 the B roll, you know, ends up, mm -hmm. but, um, I was thinking about it in the context of, uh, when I used to do intensive in home and the one thing that I noticed about, um, the homes that I was in was the inability for quietness. Okay. And I, and I don't mean silence because silence can mean something completely different. You follow me? But if there's, if there is this, if there is the inability to have quiet in a home or quietness, then there's, there's a certain level of addiction there from my perspective. If we have Stimulus. to have, yes, we have to have the TV on. We have to have, you know, music playing. Granted, all those things can be fine. Mm -hmm. But there again, music in itself creates a dopamine hit, you know, that kind of thing to where, you know, in this culture, you know, who doesn't have 350 songs on their playlist? Mm -hmm. You follow me? Because we spend the entire day listening mm -hmm. or, you know, we have to have the TV on. Even if it's something we're not even watching, mm -hmm. you follow me that in itself, from my perspective, is a limited form of addiction. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, there is this because if we can't be quiet, OK, we don't have the opportunity to have a timeless conversation. You follow me? Because mm -hmm. in my mind and, and granted. I like the, the fact that you use the multitasking, you know, that's sometimes lauded as a beneficial thing, but there is a mm -hmm. tremendous amount of inefficiency mm -hmm. in my ability to think if I'm trying to do one thing and granted a young mind can do this rather quickly going back and forth between, but it still makes them less efficient about what they're doing. <clears throat> Not that efficiency is the, is the only thing, but we have to recognize that. Yeah. And it, that's an, another dynamic is the aspect where, um, our attention span. Okay. I want to say from, I want to say it's, uh, early two well, 2010, I'd say. Our attention span has dropped from 12 seconds to eight seconds. Mm -hmm. My my attention span went really low and when I couldn't hear through your the thing stuck in your throat. <laughs> so I had to get you a water. That's all right. I appreciate it. 
I was like, I'm not the only mm-hmm. one who's having a hard time listening. I bet the listeners are going to have a hard time. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, not that it necessarily went away, but we, 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 made, a, we, made, we made a novel an attempt. Yes. Now you all know we made an effort, so just deal That's with right. it. Because <laughs> Mark's gonna, he's gonna push through. The reality of it <laughs> is, at eight seconds, okay, yeah, that makes our attention span one second less than a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> so there again, yeah. B-roll yeah. material. Yeah, but it is, and and you think about how, um, how important that is. Well, I haven't thought about that. Well, one second. Okay. You think no. about how important that is to having a timeless conversation. Mm. If my attention span is basically eight seconds and then I'm looking to, as you said, as you yeah. said, well, I haven't ah, thought about that. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's been eight seconds. It's my turn. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> but, right, but that's the, that's the interesting part. Okay. When I think about that, because I know that we have seven to 10 seconds or basically that eight seconds to make healthy decisions sometimes. Mm. So if I'm automatically you know, on that lower edge of seven to 10, I'm hardly taking enough time to make a healthy decision. Yeah. I'm already stuck, not stuck, but I'm already caught up back in, in impulse, in that impulse, that biofeedback right. loop that keeps me doing the same thing. Mm. The, the fact that I'm going to spend 10, 10 minutes on Facebook and suddenly it's two o'clock in the morning, I'm suddenly realizing, oh my goodness, where did the time go? How often do you hear that? Mm-hmm. I was just going to do this. And suddenly I realized it was an hour later, you know, this, another irony. Um, I forget where it was. I want to say in Europe somewhere, a, a parent, uh, parents were brought up on charges for starving their child because they had spent so much time online nurturing their online child. You follow me? They had an online entity that they were responsible for, and they actually spent so much time online (laughs) that their own physical child was neglected and actually passed away. And then they, they weren't actually brought up on charges. They weren't convicted because they had an addiction. Oh, wow. So, you know, I mean, but that's the kind of thing that, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I'm saying a lot of this therapy is coming out of, you know, this context of we are so addicted that we don't even realize how much time we're spending. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I want to come back to what you were going to say. <laughs> uh, I think I had more than eight <laughs> seconds to think about it. <laughs> and it's a really good thought and I enjoy thinking about it, but it's not contributing to this conversation. <laughs> okay. No, I didn't I didn't I didn't I'm wanna... sure it'll come up in a future conversation. Likely it's so. It's about multitasking and all that, but that's okay. you know I'm gonna yeah. I'll put that in a nutshell. It's overrated as far yes. as I'm concerned. Agreed. But at the same time and so that's that's a part of you know what we're learning, what we're recognizing and, you know, even being able to recognize, and I think it's a, it's a contributing factor when I think about that child, um, as our use of social media goes up, our empathy goes down. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yes. And, and I think that's a, that's another, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that hasn't happened before culturally, but we know that based on social media, the yeah. more impact I have there, you know, the more my empathy goes down. And I think in, in some ways, even in our, I thought of our, um, our tech episode or, our, um, where we talked about, was it, was it technology? Was it about social, social media? media yeah. yeah, it was yeah. about social media. And I, I like that. Uh, I likened that image you had of silos. Yeah. You know, and how mm. we have social media tends to create. Tends to isolate us. Well, yes. Well, it, it tends to isolate us. But what we're thinking is it tend we have the mm. thought the perception yes. that it's uniting us yes. when in 
when in reality it is dividing us based on the fact that if you do a search and I do a search, we both get individualized information that feeds us what we want to hear. Yeah, and you and I might end up in the same bucket or we might end up in separate buckets and that bucket becomes more and more... uh, self-feeding to the degree and this is your point right that now i'm convinced everyone in the world is like this and if you're not you're super weird yeah and i'm over here in my bucket or silo right yes silos i'm over here in my silo and getting the exact same thing getting only articles that reinforce my beliefs based on things i've already searched based on comments i liked on facebook etc 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 and i'm just over and over and over fed this information that says you are right you are right you are smart you are good you are good looking (laughs) we like you we like you're the best you're the you're on top of the world like all these things and we're like but mark's over there and he must be the only one on the planet who thinks what he just said. Like, that's insane. And he's, yes. he's thinking, Justin's over here. He must be the only one on the planet. Like, what is wrong with him? Because of these silos we get placed in. And like you said, yeah. they have the appearance of being universal. Yep. But the reality is they're silos. We're in exactly. there along with you know, the others who are like us. But generally, in order to keep you... Uh, engaged they yes. keep you with more people who are like you and they kind of help you figure out how to get rid of those you don't like or voices you don't care for sure and you know they a lot of times especially in today's culture it will be framed in the sense of tolerance or offense right like sure. if you're offended by certain material just tell us and we'll get it right out of here for you because yeah. we care about you yep and it's really about, no, we want to keep you engaged and we want to keep that you in your silo because that's what keeps you coming back. And yeah, yeah it's just very, yeah, it's good, very good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so all of this, let's come back to what you started with. Sure. And in order to get to there, I want to share a little bit, uh, an anecdote from Megan because uh, sure. she works in a hair a salon and, mm-hmm. you know, she does a lot of, you know, hair for a lot of ladies who are in an older generation than her, because um, we live in a retirement community. So kind of sure. that generation. Yeah. And oh, how often they lament this generation. Mm. And they will often say, I don't know how you do it. I don't mm. know how you raise your children in this generation. And it is gotcha. so messed up. And if it were me, I never would have had kids. And just kind mm. of like hand washing the way this generation is and, it, and it's terrible mm. and the world's going to come to an end and all this sure. kind of stuff. And, you know, Megan's always trying to bring it back to hope and sure. ultimately saying, I, I think we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and, and there is some differences in this generation and that's obvious. Sure. Let's come back to hope. Why, why is there hope, Mark? Uh, there's hope because while while there may be all of this information out there to keep us in a loop, we have a choice whether we go there or not. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I see it. And the reality of it is, is we can establish boundaries around this social media time, how much time is spent. The research basically is telling us is, you know, there's this opportunity, you know, as, as we're learning that two hours is that window. Okay. Kids who spend more than two hours of screen time Hmm. are far more likely to suffer from depression, anxiety, you know, um, body image issues, those kind of things. Two hours is that window. Kids who spent less than two hours are far less, uh, subject to that mental health dynamic. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's hope. In other words, yeah, we can recognize in the timeliness that social media and technology is here. You know, now granted, can something happen that wipes out all the electricity? You know, I'm not a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but sure, it's just, it's possible, you know, but yeah, at the same time for now, it's here. Speaking of that, <laughs> you got another topic <laughs> and the goldfish <laughs> and the goldfish. Yeah. You said that, you know, the goldfish has certain time, whatever yeah. we have, we have less than they do. Yeah. That, that's what I was referencing. Okay. Anyway, uh, have you heard about the 
uh, people who would go and shoot up uh, a power, what do you call that? The big place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a transformer, transformer station. Yeah, they'll go with their semiotics and shoot them up. No. And it's part of this conspiracy of like, we're going to shut down the power grid and it's going to oh, wow. return the world back to, we're going to go over there with our ARs and take wow. care of that. That's I was a, thinking more of like thing. a solar flare or something like that, you know, that, yeah. but either way. Well, that's a real thing that's happening. So wow. it's just funny about your conspiracy. It's like, but the actual real world impact of that is pretty minimal. It's just super inconvenient for oh, a yeah. little bit, especially for authorities. And the thing, just like all <laughs> things like this, right? They ruin it for everyone else. Like mm. now we're going to have basically, you know, prison walls built around these things. And it's sure. Be a, I, anyway. Well, I, Sorry, and I think, well, as that's, that's an interesting dynamic though, for maybe for another topic, but as AI tends to control more and more of our interaction, you know, if something happens, it's like, I'm thinking about, we put a, one of those little electronic door, uh, things on our house, you know, we would punch in. It's like, yep. what happens is the batteries die. You know, before I just used to keep a key and, yeah. you know, and I had a mechanic, you know, used to be, well, even with the electrical grid, there used to be a guy, you know, that stood at a gate that was guarding that transformer mm-hmm. station or that switch. Mm-hmm. You know, now if, uh, if something electrical happens somewhere, suddenly some things get shut down just because that switch is no longer available. And I, you know, that's just a part of technology. Mm-hmm. As we be, but as we become more reliant on it, it's interesting. I mean, think about it in the context. How many phone numbers do you know? <laughs> I know, I know mine. Do you? <laughs> and I know Megan. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, those are the only two I need to know. Though, yeah, but I'll be honest. I, I don't yeah. know my children's. Yeah. Phone Same. numbers. Same. You yeah. know that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I know my parents. I probably know. I know more phone numbers from prior to getting a yeah. phone yeah. than I, I can still remember certain numbers. Mm. I can remember phone numbers of neighbors that aren't, that no longer exist, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. But, you know, I don't know contact now we've committed. So I think that's just another part of our, of our timely dynamic. Now I'm trying to remember my childhood phone number. Oh, I'm that uh, goldfish. I'm sorry. <laughs> goldfish. That's going to be the new squirrel for us. That's right. Squirrel, goldfish. But, but either way, this this concept that, you know, technology is here. Yeah. Okay. And two hours mm. is that window of being able to say, okay, this this we can establish a boundary around. And I think, you know, as parents, it is important for us to be able to recognize we can do that for yeah. our kids. Yeah. Are we going to get some pushback? Of course. Yeah. And is, is your child going to mm. be unhappy with you? Of course. Yeah. But that's why you're a parent and they're a child. Yeah. You know, if we're expecting our children to be our friends all the time, then we're yeah. not, we've already messed up as a parent. Yeah. You're heading the wrong direction, yeah. Yeah. When, and speaking to myself, I mean, I've struggled with that. I really do. And, oh, yeah. I mean, we still, yeah, I mean, I think we have decent boundaries, but man, they are hard to hold on to. Yeah. Especially as, you know, your kids get older and they have more, you know, logical arguments that you're like, I see why you think that argument is good. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, no, I agree. And I even feel bad that I, you know, I'm not going to give you a, an argument that you feel is adequate. Sure doesn't matter yeah it may like, not make sense i know more to you. than you <laughs> yeah. yeah that it does get harder and harder to hold those yeah hold the line you yep know? and i and i would i i hear where you're coming from and i think i erred as a parent i erred on the other side of that continuum that basically it's i was probably too authoritative gotcha. you yeah. know at times yeah. and i you know i think you it's know it's tough though that balance yeah it really is yeah And so, you know, just being able to recognize, okay, yeah, Hmm. I need to be able to deal with the issues that are mine in like that, that Matthew seven, five, you know, Mm -hmm. taking the, taking the log, the plank out of my own eye to be able to Hmm. see, to remove the speck from my child's eye type thing. And I think I have to speak to that sure, and just go right at, right at the subject. If you're struggling with looking at porn on your phone, you're not mm-hmm. going to stop your kid from 
Exactly. Looking at porn on his phone. You're not going to touch Or something else. Yeah, I'm just going right at that one because okay. to me that's a very common one that I know of. Sure. Is, you know, so many, again, the world that I operate in, you know, I work with a lot of guys and I, sure. you know, whatever, I'm, I'm aware yeah. that this is very common. And I think it's kind of a, a duh thing for most people. Like, yeah, I think most people, you know, struggle with looking at porn on their phone sometimes, mm. you know, right? So all I'm saying is that's a big problem to parenting well uh, for kids yeah. who are on their devices because why would you say they have to put Covenant Eyes on their phone? Covenant Eyes is a software that sure. helps track what they're doing yeah. and make sure that they're not you know, looking at the wrong stuff and sends reports to people if they're d- looking at the wrong stuff. Why would you put that on their phone if there's a chance that someone might say, well, hey, maybe we should do this on everyone's phone. Mm, sure. Well, 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 I'm an adult, you know, whatever. You Like, let's yes. not approach that conversation or let's not, you know, or yeah. or we might kind of be like, I have a hunch he, he's looking at porn on his phone, but I can't approach it because questions might come up. Yeah. So I think that Matthew 7, kind of that, that just like you, like you said, if I have that log in my, the chance that I'm able to see the... Or or deal, deal with, with the moat, yes. the small speck in my child's eyes, is problematic. Yes, you know because someone's going to point their finger back at me, and now I have to deal with it. Yeah, you know, and it might even be my child, right? Yeah, and, and I'll I'll I mean just as a as a timely dynamic, you know, um, I wrestle I deal with this a lot with weed. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah. well, who are you to say that I can't? Why is it well, not good for me? Yeah. <laughs> but I know you smoke. You know, that kind of, I, I, you know, that'll come out in sessions, you know, yeah. and, you know, and it's not that that's, uh, uh, it's not that I'm not aware when there's a essence, you know, in a house in the room, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> essence. <laughs> nice way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's, and I think as we need to, this is where maybe it can come in some ways it comes back to our boundaries conversation. If we don't have healthy boundaries for ourselves as parents, yeah. how do we establish them for our kids or yeah. help our kid, our children establish yeah. them? If we're not demonstrating what healthy relationship looks mm. like, how do we expect our children yeah. to have healthy relationship? Those kind of things. Yeah. And I think, you know, so often in that authoritative mm. dynamic, you know, there was this aspect, do what I say, not what I do. Mm. You know, and now we've come to maybe another dynamic that's basically saying, well, I just can't tell you no, because I'm not dealing with it myself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so kind of coming back to Megan's conversation, she'll often bring it back to kind of like you you started with the timeless Mm. aspects to Mm -hmm. parenting and how. Sure. Well. You know, she'll bring up some of the things we talked about, how it used to be this way, but now it's this way. And Mm -hmm. basically, it has new challenges, and we're working through that. And our kids are doing okay. And yeah, they're going to have some messed up thoughts based on this particular paradigm they're in now, just like I had messed up thoughts from Mm -hmm. the particular paradigm I was growing in. And I think the hope, coming back to hope, the hope isn't that, (laughs) oh, it's fine. That's Mm -hmm. not the hope. The hope is that it's bad like it's always bad. Right. Like there's always going to be sin crouching like, you know, at the door, at the door. Sure. Right. And it's always our job to to lock that door and keep it closed. Mm. And, and, and if somehow we let it in, kick it back out. Right. Sure. Like that's universal, timeless truth. Yes. And it doesn't matter what the generation you're in. It's it's going to be at the door. Sure. And I think the hope is that we have. The opportunity there, mm. especially if you, you know, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and and you have mm. that hope inside you, and mm. you have the Holy Spirit operating within you. Greater is He that's in you than He is in the world, mm-hmm. and, and and we have the power through have Christ power. to transform. Yep, sure. Yep, and the and back to the you know, I referenced this earlier, but Stephen Covey in mm. the first chapter, his first principle of the seven principles of highly effective people is proactivity and and the what he talks about in that is a concept from Viktor Frankl, even, mm, which is sure. a psychiatrist from a while back who went through the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about between, he was stuck in a Nazi prison camp yep. and he realized that they can torture me, but they can't convert my thinking. Sure. They don't have that option because between stimulus and response, I have the option to choose what I 
how sure. I respond. Respond now. We get into that eight second thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you respond within that eight seconds, you might not be mm-hmm. actually choosing. Sure, you might be more in that animalistic instinct, and animals don't have a choice to think about mm-hmm. their response. They mm-hmm. only can respond in instincts, right? Sure. So I see a human, I run, and that I don't think about is that a nice human, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Sure, it's just the instincts kick in where we have the opportunity to decide. Is this safe or not? Is this right or wrong? Yeah. Is this something to, should I watch this next YouTube video? Mm-hmm. Should I click this link? We sure. have an opportunity. And if you feel, you know, you're slipping, your, yourself slipping into that one video turned into two hours mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, maybe one technique is to say, wait nine seconds after each video. Sure. And if you're still, yeah, I think I'd like to watch another one. Mm-hmm. And you can make that decision consciously sure then it's okay yeah because i i i also think it's important not to decry all of these things like standing in line looking at youtube or whatever that's not a bad thing right it can be a bad thing it's important to think about it you know same thing like with sitting down to look on social media after work that's not a bad thing it can be a bad thing yeah sitting around to watch tv after work sure it's not a bad thing it can be a bad right like and I think you bring up, I, I like what you shared about, you know, as a parent, you know, our role is to kick it out the door. Mm. And I think about it, though, in the aspect of technology, and much of that is already in our homes. Yeah, it's, yeah. So at that point, it's one thing if somebody's outside my house trying to get in. Yes. There's a lot of options for that. But if something is mm. in my house and it's become a friend to me. Yes then it's far harder to kick out. It is. And I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm agreeing with everything you say regarding choice, Mm. but I think the things that we have made pets, if Mm. you will, that are inside our house are far harder to deal with. But yet it just means we need to be able to call it what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, whether it's an addiction or whatever and, and then deal with it accordingly. And I Mm. think that that in and of itself still offers hope Hmm. because there is Hmm. a choice. There is an opportunity Hmm. to be able to do something different. And I think there is something to be said for, you know, no matter the era, no matter the timeliness, there is something to be said for having routine opportunities to engage one another as family. Yes. And I think there's something, you know, another, another balance, if you will, if you're going to spend up to two hours on FaceTime, you, you have to, you commit to having at least two hours or balanced opportunity for face-to-face interaction. You know, and I think so often Mm -hmm. it is this aspect of we just kind of go to our silos and entertain ourselves until the next day comes. Yeah. And then, you know, but there, there are consequences to that as well. Yep. And I think so often the, the, as parents, we have that ability to say, okay, well, how are you interacting with other people? We got to, we, we need to create boundaries that say, okay, this much time. And then you still go play with the kids, but we yeah. know where you're at. It's not, we're getting rid of you, but yeah. we're just creating this face-to-face interaction that I learn, mm-hmm. I learn emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. That's another, you know, dynamic that is, you know, just yeah, being with other people in real yes. life circumstances. Yeah. Being able to read too, social cues. Yeah. I think I've seen this with our kids, but in this generation, trying to avoid real life situations and get yes. to their social media life because it's easier. Oh, far. Right. Yeah. And like you said, and it has a lot to do with that emotional intelligence. Exactly. Both not having it and or dealing with others who don't because you know what I mean where it's like wow they said that they think that they do that it's like kind of hard to believe sometimes but at the same time not because when you think about their interactions are only with online social media you know yeah no I hear you and I think I think a part of that uh aspect of when social media increases empathy goes down yeah there's this inability to really listen to a friend who has an emotional issue yeah. You follow me and yeah. it, and it became, well, you're just too sensitive. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean it that way. I just texted that, Yeah, you know, or, or you, yeah. you know, I think there is this, yeah, it is a dynamic where the empathy goes down and there are consequences that go along with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. I thinking about 
you know, you asked me about addiction for me. If it's an addiction, mm. I said it kind of comes and goes. It just made me think about the life cycle of my kids mm. and how when they were younger, they were like kind of just foreign to me, right? Mm. Like where a mother, it's kind of the mother's time where they, they nurtured, they do all this stuff. Okay. And not in all families, but in ours, it was, it was kind of hard to connect with them. And so mm. I'd sit with them and I'd be like, all right, look at my phone. And it became uh-huh. a habit and became addiction to where whenever I was with my kids, I'd pull out my phone and read Twitter. Yeah. And that was definitely a thing. And Megan called me out on it several times. Finally, I heard her and I was like, yeah, this has got to stop. And Sure. I feel like I vastly improved in that area. In fact, you can ask Megan you know, if, you, if she <laughs> if agrees. If you see Megan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Um, and then... But, you know, it comes and goes. It moves from Twitter to something else. Or productivity mm. has become another thing where it's like, there's so much to do with my job. I'm always mm. thinking about, well, I could steal some moments right now to check that email or respond to this mm-hmm. person that I need to respond to or whatever. And that becomes its own version of dopamine. Like, oh, I feel a little bit better. I got that checked on my list or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and life cycle of my kids, they're now at the age where two of them have phones. Sure. And... I see how uh, it feels like when I pick them up from school and the whole way home, they're just on their phone. And I'm like, hello. And I'm like, man, that's exactly what I did when they were kids. You know, Now, they weren't hoping I was going to talk to them. They were playing with their Legos or whatever. Doesn't matter. It's just, it's And yet maybe there were times. Exactly. It's very eye-opening to me. And it just makes me go, you know what? It's okay to say this isn't okay. And so I yeah. had the conversation like, hey, if I pick you from school, you don't get to be on your phone the whole way home. Sure. I mean, even if we sit in silence, that's fine. But yeah. it's just rude to do that to, to anyone, like to be riding in a car as they bring you, bring you somewhere and just be on your phone. And it's like, that's not something we're going to do. You know what That's that, a boundary. Justin, do you know what that's called? Boundary? No. When someone has too much to do. That they have mm-hmm. to be on their phone. Addiction. No, it's, I don't. It's know. actually a. Ter- I, I'm. I'm contributing here a little bit. Good. It's That's called it. fubbing. 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 It's basically Never phone heard. snubbing, because you have so much to yes. do on your phone yeah. that you know. Fubbing. If we phone enter snubbing. the elevator at the same. P H U B B I N G. Fubbing. That's a good term. So it's yeah. basically, I'm too busy with my Dang. stuff to yes. interact with you when we yeah. step onto an elevator together. Yeah. So it's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So Which, yeah, you feel fubbed yeah. but when your child. That's right. That's right. If, yeah. And, you know, like I said, Megan's worked on me a lot about this because of in our own relationship. So we'd go out on a date and I'd be checking my phone every mm. once in a while. It's like, it didn't seem bad. Mm. And then looking back, it's like, Ew. You know, like yeah. just that I did that, but her saying, Hey, don't do that. And then, it, you know, we've even flipped the script where I've said, Hey, you said <laughs> I couldn't do that. Why are you texting your sisters? That's the same mm. thing. Like in, in her mind, it's perfectly wholesome, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's like I couldn't have a conversation. And it went back, like mm-hmm. we both had this thing. Fub- yeah, we both were fubbing <laughs> each other at different times for various reasons. And in our mind, it was like, Well, this is fine and okay i'm not this sure. isn't this isn't about you this isn't a, i'm not doing this to you mm-hmm. this is about the thing i have to do and it's like no 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 it is to that for it is an yeah. offensive thing and um anyway i i brought up the conversation with my kids because i think they can be mirrors and if you have that no blessing in your life mm-hmm. of having a child they can mirror your own behavior you can start to see yeah i need to moderate my own behavior because you know, I see it mirrored in them or I see how it can impact them. And sure. Um, that can be a great motivator. It certainly was for me as, as well as Megan, you know, in our conversations. So no doubt a little bit of hope. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of hope in the process of when we're able to recognize that there are still some timeless dynamics, yeah. face-to-face interaction, mm-hmm. being able to encourage one another, knowing that, Yes. Even in relationship, there is such a thing as healthy jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know, we think of jealousy as a psychotic thing so mm-hmm. often, you know, well, you're just too jealous, but there is a healthy, it just yeah. means, you know, our priorities are off. 
Yeah. And being able to reestablish some of those in a timely, healthy, timely manner that says, okay, what does God have to say about this? Yeah. Because I think those truths are still evident. And that becomes another one, you know, that just kind of reinforces, okay, am I willing to deal with what's in my own eye? in such a way that says, okay, we can deal with this together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes healthy families. And I think, you know, from my perspective, having a healthy relationship, healthy marriage, you know, creates healthy families. As you describe your relationship with Megan, as you guys have a healthy relationship, you're able to, you know, develop a healthy family. And that's a, that's just a, a timeless thing. And yet I think, you know, some of this stuff puts the family very much at risk, you know, culturally speaking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that being said, I, uh, I appreciate you allowing me the time to share. Oh man, that's good stuff. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, stealing some of your material and, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's giving this, us some of the B-roll material. Yeah, it's not stealing anything. It's just mm-hmm. out there. There's a, and, and like you say, I like, I'm saying if there's, if you're wrestling, if there, there is hope, there's a ton of information out yeah. there and, you know, just being able to identify and, and, and live in such a way that says, okay, if somebody's noticing this about me, it, it's probably real and I may need to deal with it. Yeah. And if I need to get some help and, you know, in that yeah. process, there's help out there. Yeah. I don't have to continue, you know, in that addiction, whatever it might be. Maybe in the show notes, we can link some of the research and stuff that you've been digging into <laughs> maybe <laughs> no. uh, or oh, yeah. resources yeah. like even in this this Definitely. this event you go to i'm sure there's going to be resources Definitely. offered yeah, maybe there's age appropriate yeah. you know um, i know covenant eyes is one that i'll, I'll yeah. link to um but yep. yeah just anything like that maybe we can yeah. You know, in terms of offering hope, we can say, but here's some tools too. Yeah. And I didn't mean to sound that I wasn't willing to share information. Mark it's just doesn't want to share. <laughs> no, so I'll do it. It's not, it's it. not that I don't want to share. It's like in that process, it's like, where did that come from? Yeah. With so much info. That's, that's yeah. the abundance of information. Yeah. The ability to say, okay, where did that actually come from? Cause yeah. once it goes into my notes, right. it's like, I'm not a real, uh, a real, you know, stickler for, I like to yeah. give credit where credit is due, but if it's, you know, just information that's out there, I'm not always a yeah. linear person when it comes to saying, oh, that's exactly where that information came from. That's all right. But that's how I see it. That's how he sees it. That's right. Hey, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like how I see it, please do all the things that podcasts tell you to do. Subscribe rate, review, follow us, uh, and or talk nicely about us on social media. If you want to reach out, the email is us at howiseeit.click. Yep, I said dot click, as in dot C-L-I-C-K. Please tell your friends about this show, and we'll see you on the next one.